Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. So let's have a conversation about debt. You know, in the good times, everybody is going to encourage you to borrow money, get there quicker. The risks are going to seem less because there's short-term evidence of the fact that things will go well and they will continue to go well. And yet, if we look a little bit in the rearview mirror, we'll see that historically, that's not the case. Historically, things go bad, cyclically. There are good times and bad times. And when we are in the good times, we often forget that bad times ever happened or would ever happen again. Uh, at the time of recording this, it's for around the 10-year anniversary of the financial crisis. Now, for most of us, one would hope that that it will be the worst financial crisis of our lifetime. Um, and it really stemmed from a lot of people borrowing money that they shouldn't borrow and a lot of businesses borrowing money that they shouldn't borrow and a lot of people taking financial risks that they shouldn't take. And what's often happens with debt is people don't take into account the risk. See, when we borrow money, we then spend the money like it's our money, but the reality is it isn't. The money isn't yours, and the debt service is going to come, and it's going to demand payment, and it will demand it on a regular schedule, whether your sales hit what you thought they were going to hit, whether you're healthy or not. So the debt piece is a massive risk. When I say we don't, we underestimate the risk, I'll, I'll use an example that Dave Ramsey uses around debt, which is, you know, um, a lot of people are going to encourage people from time to time to take a home equity line out against their residence because they have a lot of equity in their home, take that line of credit, use that for any number of things, maybe debt consolidation, maybe paying off student loans, maybe taking that money and put it in the stock market because they think they can have a better spread or investing it in their business, buying a vehicle because it's a better rate, any number of things. But when you can't pay that note on the equity line, within just a couple of months, what ends up happening is you now lose your house. And if it's tied to a financial downturn um, that is somewhat broad, your ability to sell your home to hurry up and get out of that situation may also be limited. So it's a risk. And we don't take that into account when we start calculating the math on the debt. It's only until we look at extreme risk do we begin to give it its due weight. Go to the roulette table, bet on red, bet on black. Well, it's a 50-50. You know, if you were going to jump, you know, I've used this metaphor before. Before, If you were going to jump out of an airplane and the chute only had a 50-50 chance of opening, would you jump? There's only two things that we find that can bring down a company. Two things that make it such that it can't weather the storm. One is fixed expenses. 
If your expenses are so fixed that you don't have flexibility, elasticity to move quickly to changes in the market, changes in uh, orders, changes in whatever it might be that you do, you can quickly have your fixed expenses effectively drain your capital for running your business and be out of business quickly. The second is debt. And it's not so much the debt itself, it's the debt service, which effectively becomes, again, a fixed expense. So maybe you can adjust, maybe you can go to your landlord and adjust uh, your commercial lease and get that to be um, more favorable short term. Maybe you can negotiate insurance rates. Maybe you can uh, cut back hours of key employees. Maybe you can suspend bonus programs. Maybe you can um, do any number of shell game moves for your business with your fixed expenses. But when you go knocking on the door at a bank and say, hey, that $300,000 note that I took out to get this business going that now has you know, a $4,000 a month payment that's due or more, when you tell the bank that you can't make that and are they willing to reconsider, the answer inevitably is going to be no. So my question is, if you know that that's the case, if you know that there's only two things that can really undercut and cripple and destroy your business in terms of the financial side of it, debt and fixed expenses, then why would be we be so brazen in the debt that we take on? Now, the industry that I've come out of is real estate, and a lot of real estate agents are listening to this. And for some of you, that debt is actually not having paid your taxes. You didn't calculate the amount of money you owed Uncle Sam in a timely manner as you were earning it. So then six, nine months later, you go to file your taxes and come to find out you owe more money than you have. And now you're scrambling to catch up and a little bit of a debt snowball starts to Uncle Sam. We delay payment, we set up a payment program, this, that, and the other thing, but we don't really change our habits. So next year, we're in the same position in the year after that. Now we've got three years where we're behind and the fixed amount that we have to pay Uncle Sam is growing and growing. And now we're just scrambling to make that monthly payment. I can tell you, somebody who's run multiple offices for real estate companies, it's not a lot of fun to have a conversation with a real estate agent who is a, effectively a small business owner and tell them that we have to garnish their income even though they're not a direct employee, even though they're a 1099, we have to garnish their pay to pay Uncle Sam, whether they want to or not. By being irresponsible and not treating the business like a business, we end up accumulating this tax debt, which is really no different than any other debt, really becomes no different than any other fixed expense, and slowly drowns the company, slowly drowning the business. Many people will start companies thinking they have to borrow money to get it going. And I would argue passionately that you don't have to. You don't have to borrow money to start a business in this country. You have to delay gratification in many cases. You may have to work harder in many cases. But borrowing money is not a requirement. 
just heard a story of a good friend of mine who has started a small business and um, it's a fairly labor intensive business and it's fairly equipment intense as well. And he's only doing this business a few days a month um, and he rents the equipment required to do it. Everything from the truck on down. He doesn't have any of it. He rents it all. And he's clearing really good money because he has figured in that cost into what he's charging for the service. And he still has plenty of work and he's saving up money and he has not taken on any fixed debt or fixed expenses. Now, might he be able to get there quicker if he signed a bunch of loans and got all this equipment? Might he get to a certain um, size or scale of his business quicker? Sure. It's very possible. That's the allure of debt. Get me there quicker. No different than somebody going to Applebee's and putting the meal on a credit card. I want to eat that now. I'm impatient, so I'll take next month's income and, and put it towards a meal I'm having today. When we look at that, we can pretty quickly see, well, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We shouldn't do that. But when we look at it through the business side, many times we choose to do it, and that becomes problematic. Again, in good times, it seems like a very smart move. The good times blind us to the risk. We are in good times right now. I'll say it another way. The United States is in really good times right now. I want to throw out a statistic for you. To be in the top 1% earner in the United States, you need to earn $450,000 a year. That's the, that's the income coming to you that you then pay taxes on. The $450,000 a year puts you in the 1%, the, the dreaded quote-unquote 1%. Okay. You know what you need to earn in American dollars to be in the 1% of the world? 35000 bucks. $35,000 puts you in the top 1% of the world. So if you were born here and you make three to $4,000 a month, you already are in the top 1%. And I don't think we spend enough time thinking about that. We are incredibly fortunate. As Warren Buffett would say, you know, we hit the DNA lottery by being born here, or even if you've even if you've emigrated here, to have found your feet on this soil at this time in our country's history, in the history of the world, you hit the jackpot already. You are already so far ahead of the vast majority of the world. And for many of us, it's not enough. That's not enough. Now I want to borrow so that I can have stuff that I have yet to earn. Leaders have to make tough choices. The tough choice I want you to consider here is actually patience. Sure, nice things are nice to have. Borrowing your way to get there is not the proven path to success.
Start the business. Start it on shoestrings. Start it on renting the equipment that you need, not buying the equipment that you need. If it's the difference between opening a credit card or not. If it's the difference between getting a small loan or not. You know what you you know what you're gonna value really quickly? If you rent some of the vital equipment that you need for your business, you're gonna value every single minute you have that equipment. You're gonna realize that every minute it's sitting not being used is money wasted. And yet a lot of people who borrow for equipment because they haven't had to earn the money yet for that thing, do not bring that intensity to the equation. Your time, your ingenuity, the fact that you've been born here in America, North America, there are so many opportunities. We don't need to take on further risk to take advantage of those opportunities. We do have to be a little bit patient. For those of you who have been in my classes before, many times that patience is actually has less to do with what's going on in your business and actually has more to do with what's going on in your lifestyle. The new car can wait. The new home can wait. The new shoes, the new suit, the vacation, it actually all can wait. It can you don't need it. I see constantly people who they think they need something. And the reason they think they need it is because they've bought into commercials being sold to them from the very people who are selling the product that they now think they need. What if you started looking at your business like debt was not an option? If you couldn't do it without borrowing money, you can't do it. How would you look at your business different? How would you approach your business different? And yeah, I'm talking about credit card, man. I'm talking something as simple as that. But Brad, I've only got a $1,000 limit and I get great points. Uh-huh, whatever. Cut it up. Spend money like you can't borrow it. Spend money like you got to have it and you got to have earned it and you got to have paid taxes on it before you can spend it. It will change how you approach decision making. It will. It hurts more. To spend the money that way hurts more. And that hurt, that pain, that discomfort will often give you pause, will force you to reconsider, will force you to think different about how you can get where you want to go. I'll give you another example just to play around with. In a previous life when I was running real estate office, um, you know, my, my approach to it was, you know, hey, this job takes whatever it takes. And there'd be many times where I'd be heading home much later than I had anticipated heading home when I left that morning. Then at one point, I developed this pain in my elbow. And some of you may have heard this before, but I, I developed this pain in my elbow. And it got to a point where it was disrupting my ability to work. 
it was a shooting pain. And I knew, like, hey, this isn't an elbow thing. This is like an electrical system thing. My wife had seen a good chiropractor, and so I decided to go see the chiropractor. They kind of did some poking and prodding and realized, like, hey, yeah, you need you need some help here, and we're going to need you three need to see you three days a week. Three days a week we need to see you. Well, to make it to his office, to be able to do those appointments, to get out of the pain that I was in, I had to leave at 5 o'clock because they closed at 6. And at that time, I was a good 50 minutes away. And if I showed, at 60, showed up at 6.01, the doors were closed. So I had to leave by 5. It forced me to look at my time and how I was spending it at work different. I no longer had kind of this unlimited supply of time where the day could linger on. It was a forced bracket. My approach to the business changed. My efficiency changed. It actually made me better at what I did. What I'm saying is look at your financials. For your business, I would even, I would encourage you to look at it your household the same way. What if you didn't borrow money? What if borrowing money wasn't an option? How would you go about it different? How would you achieve what you want to achieve in the timeline you wanted to do it in if you couldn't borrow a nickel? If you didn't have an Amex card there waiting to kind of float you from you know, invoice received to, you know, commission received to however it is that, that, that your income flows in. If it wasn't an option, how would you look at your business different? I would encourage you to only look at your business that way. There is significant financial risk attached to borrowing any money. And when you borrow money, you become a slave to the person you have borrowed from. By the very nature of being a business owner, you are already secondary to at least one, if not two, groups of people. If you're a sole proprietor, right, you run a painting business and it's just you and your ladders and your truck and your stuff, great. You are second to your customer. If you own a small business, that same painter, but that same painter has employees and, and, and. Great. Now you're second to not only your customer, but also your employees. Same business, painter, with employees, customers, and $30,000 in debt because they borrowed money to get their equipment. Now you're slave to that, too. And I'd be willing to bet that wasn't the picture you were hoping for the day you decided to go out on your own and become a painter. You can get there different. You can get there without borrowing. Clearly, I'm passionate about this, and I will tell you why. Because at one point in my professional life, I did borrow. And I borrowed more than I should have borrowed. And I actually borrowed it from a place that forced me to handling the payback as responsibly as, as any. Um, bankruptcy was not an option. Just walking away from it was not an option. 
because it was borrowed from family. And I was not going to wake up in the morning knowing that I had cheated my own family out of it, which meant I had to dig myself out of that hole. What I'm trying to do in these 20-some-odd minutes is convey to you so that you don't have to live it how important it is to not borrow money. You don't need it. In this country, in the opportunities we have right now, you actually don't need to borrow money to build a massive company. Do it right. Think different about the problems. Think different about your fixed expenses. Think different about how you could generate cash flow so that borrowing wasn't a necessity. It will be counterintuitive and counter to the culture. And you've got one less master now. Hope this has been helpful. See you next time.